should be a quick one tonight. Yeah, I think so. Um, oh, oh, formal in, uh, introduction. I think I've been rolling for uh, rolling alone for a few weeks now, and it's uh, it's actually surprising. Number one, how difficult it is to talk to yourself for a fucking hour. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, it's fine. And number, but number two, like um. Ah, it's it's just odd talking to yourself for that long. I I bet I feel I would feel like uh, Philip DeFranco. Do you know that dude? I don't. He's like the OG YouTube like news vlogger. Mm. He would like he just talk to himself about the news, but it's a skill. Yeah, I mean, I suppose um, that's the one of the key differences with radio, live radio. But uh, yeah. Progressive Patriots, we're back. We're back in business. We're going to get on a regular schedule here. So I'm joined today by Bryson. It's just me and him. So pardon any crayon shavings that you get residually over the airwaves there. Uh, so it's just domestic stuff today. So um, let's let's get into it oh. real quick. Oh, right. This is the uh, uh, Bryson Reacts edition, oh. right? Yeah, I have not seen. I don't know anything that's been going on. I've been doing nothing but studying. Out of the loop. So this is news to me. All right. So let's start with one from the Supreme Court. Uh, Sandra Day O'Connor passed away on the first at age ninety-three. Uh, she was appointed in eighty-one by uh, Ronald Reagan. I think the intention was that she was going to be a lot more conservative than she was because uh, her dealings as a in intra-Arizona politics. She was pretty conservative there. But yeah. yeah. I figure, figured Reagan, you know, probably be super conservative, but I guess he was technically air quotes, a liberal, right? That was... By today's standards, yes. Uh, but, right, so her, I guess her legacy was um, uh, affirmative action, helping preserve affirmative action and reinforcing the strength of reproductive rights which unfortunately came to be dismantled somewhat recently. Um, and these are all just quotes from her that I had planned if I was going to be more alone. But uh, just one thing is uh, she... So she upheld uh, this law in Georgia in that was uh, anti-LGBT in 86, and then... In, interesting. Then she overturned one in Texas in 2003. So interesting growth. I feel like I, I, I can't really say too much uh, about them just because I don't know anything. Yeah. <laughs> I can only really go off those quotes and what she's done there. And it doesn't seem amazing. You know, not a not gold star by any means. No, definitely not. But I guess when you with the benefit of hindsight it's definitely i would definitely love to have another one of these i suppose that's true yeah uh, one last thing about her was she was critical in the florida recount thing for t the bush first gore race oh, in dang. 2000 and uh she was key in having the recount stopped and i think it was in uh, 2013 she revealed greatly regretting doing so Man, it must have been a really hard decision. <laughs> yeah. And something that was that I, I just learned about this, I didn't know, was her opinion 
in that ruling, she, like in I guess in a in addendum, said this is a terrible opinion. Do not cite this ever. <laughs> and uh, Brett Kavanaugh has been doing so. So that's that's pretty fun. And now this. She was an example of the modern day independent woman that stirs so much controversy. She embodied the freedoms fought for by women's rights advocates while still holding true to traditional values. She was an American attorney, politician, wife and mother. As a trailblazer, she was the first woman to serve as a U.S. Supreme Court justice, a moderate conservative known for her precisely researched opinions. She was a state judge and legislator, serving as the first female majority leader of a state Senate as the Republican leader in the Arizona Senate. Upon her nomination to court, she was confirmed unanimously by the Senate. That Shiro was Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. During her term on court, O'Connor was regarded among the most powerful women in the world. After retiring, she succeeded Henry Kissinger as the Chancellor of the College of William and Mary. In 2009, she was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by President Barack Obama. O'Connor displayed high levels of intelligence at a young age. When she was 16 years old, she was enrolled at Stanford University. She completed law school in just two years as opposed to the usual three, graduating magna cum laude with a BA in economics in 1950. She continued at Stanford Law for her law degree in 1952. There, she served on the Stanford Law Review, whose then presiding editor-in-chief was none other than future Supreme Court Justice William Rehnquist. During her time at Stanford Law, O'Connor met her husband, John J. O'Connor. Upon graduation from law school, O'Connor had difficulty finding paying job as an attorney in a law firm. It wasn't because she lacked the education or the skills or she was incompetent. It was because of her gender. She found a position in the San Mateo, California, working with San Mateo County District Attorney Louis Demetius and Deputy District Attorney Keith Sorensen. O'Connor offered to work for no salary without an office, sharing a small cramped space with the secretary. After a few months, she began drawing modest wages, performing legal research and writing memos. Once she proved herself as an asset, she got a job as a deputy county attorney. When her husband was drafted, O'Connor decided to follow him, working in Germany as a civilian attorney for the Army's Quartermaster Corps. They remained there for three years before returning to the States, where they settled in Maricopa County, Arizona, to begin their family, during which time O'Connor took a five-year hiatus from practicing law. In 1957, she and her husband created a private practice with another attorney. Eight years later, she began working as the Assistant Attorney General of Arizona. She volunteered in various political organizations, such as the Maricopa County Young Republicans, and served on the Arizona Senator Barry Goldwater's presidential campaign in 1964. And in 1969, O'Connor was appointed to the Arizona State Senate to fill a vacant seat. In 1970, she kept that seat, being reelected to the position twice, serving as the first female majority leader in any state senate. She moved to her first position in the judiciary in 1975 after winning the election for a seat in the Superior Court of Maricopa County and she was appointed to the Arizona Supreme Court of Appeals four years later. She worked in the state Supreme Court for only two years before President Ronald Reagan nominated her in 1981 to become the first female justice to serve on the United States Supreme Court. She was unanimously approved by the Senate. O'Connor wasted no time in her new position, 
drafting the majority opinions in the Mississippi University for Women versus Hogan. This case involved gender discrimination in which a man sued after being denied admissions to a traditionally all-female nursing school. The court ruled that the school must admit qualified men. But O'Connor also reasoned that not allowing men into the school perpetuated the limiting stereotype that nursing was nothing more than a woman's job. In 1992, O'Connor served as a swing vote that reaffirmed Roe v. Wade in the abortion rights case of Planned Parenthood versus Casey, despite the Republican push to overturn Roe. O'Connor continued to promote women's interest in two cases that protected the rights of young girls in schools being harassed by their classmates, which held the schools liable for such harassment. Over the course of her two decades on the court, the conservative justice became known as somewhat unpredictable. She was not easily swayed. She was known for being a majority builder whenever possible, but also for being a swing vote in diverse cases lacking consensus, where she wrote as narrow a decision as possible. She retired from the bench in 2006 to care for her husband, who was diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. Since her retirement, she has advocated for educating American youth on how they can get involved in civics and government. She founded iCivics, a website dedicated to providing creative and effective teaching tools on the subjects of civic engagement. As we say in the Navy, bravo Zulu Supreme Court Justice Sandra Day O'Connor. Common Defense salutes you. Speaking of fun, George Santos, he oh, got man. tossed out of the out of the house. I did hear about that. I saw a video of him screaming at reporters, and it made me <laughs> yeah. so happy. <laughs> yeah, as he was leaving, uh, he said, well, I'm not an official member of the government anymore, so I don't have to say anything. And Lynn said, to hell with this place, as he was walking out. That's it's honestly exactly what I expected. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, as I've been watching, like, following this uh, farce of a career... I think that's putting it pretty nicely. I've been following it, and I've been gathering more and more that he's a—he's uh, what I would call a sassy bitch. Yeah, that's uh, like the campaign. Did you know what he got busted for violating his campaign finance laws for? For for what? He was buying. So there was there's a luxury brand. It's spelled Hermes, but it's pronounced something else. It's French. I think it's Hermes or something. There's that. Um, Botox. Okay. <laughs> and OnlyFans subscriptions. Oh, yes. all right. That's that's a, <laughs> that's a good one, I guess. If uh, if if Capone was alive today, that's what it would t- that's what it would take him down too. So the I don't know how I I didn't look into how true it is, but I did see the Twitter thread that was going on where one of the particular. OnlyFans models uh, was she said like he used to subscribe to me and uh, he paid me to rate his dick. <laughs> I don't think she revealed the rating, but I, I want to know how much it costs to, <laughs> to get a, a rating and is there an official card afterwards? I suppose you could make one if you wanted to. I mean that that should I mean I, there's definitely weirder things out there, but. Hey, good for him. You know, he he had uh, a question he needed answered and <laughs> couldn't ask <laughs> his husband, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
Well, I mean, if we really wanted to, we could find out how much dick rating costs really quickly. It shouldn't take that long. But uh, <laughs> so let's keep going here. Um, so initially, Kathy Holchel, the governor of New York, had uh, until December 11th to declare a date for a special election. It's uh, New, York, New York's third district. And the election must take place 70 to 80 days uh, after that. And that was decided today. Uh, it's going to be on February 13th. There are currently 20 candidates, including the guy who gave up that seat to run for governor, which he obviously lost. Uh... So there's something that uh, I thought was kind of interesting. Like the last time I was looking at this, I found myself agreeing with Mike Johnson, Speaker really? of the House on this. His And his rationale was that this... He's indicted on these things. He's accused of these things. And there seems to be pretty credible evidence of these things. But he hasn't been convicted. And until he's convicted, I don't think this is the right thing to do. Um, Interesting. I'm kind I... of inclined to agree with that. Like, it look, yeah, you, it smells like shit, but you're not seeing it. Yeah, I guess if, if, you're, if you're letting, if you're just expelling, you know, elected uh, officials just because you think they might have done something wrong that could open up you know even if we pretty much know what's happened uh i guess you're right it could definitely get ugly that's yeah it's going to become like just another revenge tactic where that's gonna the system's already shitty enough as it is and this is doing that wouldn't make it any better having to expel them voting to expel someone um then the, that governor having to call an election and then having to go through the whole process of the election and then what, they go back and get kicked out again? Yeah, that's, I don't know. I'll, honestly, I, I'm i enjoying that they did what they did. Yeah, uh, you know, From course. my perspective, it's just been nothing but fun. So, I mean, if some OnlyFans chick says, like, yeah, I've, I've seen this man's penis. Okay, well, yeah, he's fucking guilty. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you. I, I want to see the, the court sketch. On, uh, <laughs> <for> sure. <laughs> uh, one of the other New York reps, uh, he said, uh, Sam, like, as far as how this is different from something else, uh, which includes, like, <laughs> yes, dog, Santos is very terrible. <laughs> uh, the the like the ethics committee in their I guess a uh, report or whatever their summary of the situation it included a lot of the lies that he that he made or he gave about himself that got him elected and that's what a uh, one of his fellow New York reps was was saying that uh, his lies were designed to defraud and deceive the voters in order for him to be elected unlike other corruption cases. Hmm. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, it. It's <laughs> so funny because I feel like he's definitely not the only one that 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 could any so many other names could be put in that quote. Yeah, actually, and, absolutely. That's actually something Santos did as he was leaving. He mentioned some one guy in particular. I don't remember his name, but he but that guy called him a crook, and then the as he was going to give like his i guess farewell address or whatever 
Santos said, the guy who just called me a crook is a wife beater. Yeah. Everybody can point fingers. Everyone has a past. Yeah, I honestly, everything that dude says, I honestly believe him, you know. Whenever uh, they're on their way out, stuff they're angry about. Oh, that. Yeah, what they're, when they're uh, reacting in, mm-hmm. like, honest anger. That the, the one time that they're telling the truth about something. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Good news, or maybe not. According to The Hollywood Reporter, there's a movie in the works about disgraced Republican Congressman George Santos at HBO Films. HBO Films has purchased the rights to Mark Chiasano's book, The Fabulist, the lying, hustling, grifting, stealing, and very American legend of George Santos, which was released on November 28th. The film is said to be written by Mark Makowski of HBO's Bad Education, who will also executive produce with Frank Rich of HBO's Veep and Secession. Chisano will serve as a consulting producer. According to Rich, the movie will be a forensic and darkly comedic look at the unprecedented congressional race in Long Island, New York, that led to Santos being elected to Congress. His poised to tell the story of a seemingly minor local race that wound up a battle for the soul of Long Island and unexpectedly carved the path for the world's most famous and now disgraced congressman. The Gatsby-esque journey for a man that came from nowhere who exploited the system, waged war on a truth and swindled one of the wealthiest districts in the country to achieve his version of the American dream. Since arriving in Washington nearly a year ago, Santos has found himself wrapped up in several scandals. The bipartisan House Ethics Committee issued a report that detailed allegations that the disgraced congressman filed false campaign statements and used donor money to purchase such things as designer clothes, pay for lavish spa treatments, and even a subscription to an adult OnlyFans website. He's also been indicted on 23 federal charges, including wire fraud and money laundering, which he has pled not guilty to, of course. The movie announcement comes days after Santos became the first U.S. House member to be expelled in more than 20 years, as he is the sixth House member in history to be removed by his colleagues. Well, I guess he got the fame he was looking for after all. That's enough about him. Uh, this one's kind of short, so uh, Tuberville. Uh, unfortunately, he's a senator out of Alabama, but he finally gives in to allowing some a lot of promotions to take place, uh, military promotions. Um, I, he said that he has that he's relented on all of them, which there are about four hundred and fifty or sixty, and he's only holding on to eleven specifically uh, four-star flag officers because Hmm. he's a fucking idiot. Yeah, I I would be interested to see how they're portraying that to their base as like like the good thing to do. Like that's all the strategies you could use to get what you want. It's culture war because he's because the military uh, comps or allows for travel to a state with legalized abortion care uh, that that's a reason to fuck with the military 
And, and you know what, all, all day they're going to scream, you know, states' rights, states' rights. And then as soon as there's a different state that's doing things that, like, that they, they don't, don't like. agree with, yeah. like, hey, wait a minute, like, we, we, we have to listen to like, other not, people's no, rules? No, you're supposed to listen to my rules. Yeah, it just, it's all, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, Pentagon state uh, spokesman. Uh, they are going to continue engaging directly with Tuberville and the Senate to get the rest of the nominations passed through. And, I mean, at least it's finally yeah. happening, right? Um, yeah, the the acting, the previous assistant commandant of the Marine Corps that was acting commandant, he had a heart attack because he was so fucking stressed from Damn. having to do like three jobs at once. Very hard jobs at that. I think he's a he was his seat at the Joint Chiefs, acting commandant, and then something else. I I don't recall what. I probably just like family life, but hmm. yeah, he had a heart attack yeah. a few a few months ago or like a month ago. Did did did, did he actually say like it's because of the stress from? No, uh, it's speculation. But I think one of his like assistants or something said that he had been working. At minimum, mm. like sixteen-hour days. Jeez. So, uh, uh, I'll actually finish it with That's... a qu quote from Mark Kelly: "Is about damn time." Perfect. So, there's a Senate Finance hearing that is extremely boring to talk about, but but it's a little it's kind of important to know about it. Um, with all of the shit that was happening with like the whoa, Silicon Valley Bank. And the and others that were pretty public, like public failings. The so the Senate Finance com, or some regulatory committee, they're proposing that the that banks have to keep sixteen percent more capital, I guess, uh, cash on hand, and uh, among a lot of other things. So these proposals came in July, and so this the hearing for this where all of the heads, the CEOs of major banks are going to come and shit on it because none of them like it, which must mean that it that has to be mean that it's good, right? Yeah. If right. They're, they're really upset. One of yeah. the things that they, they kept saying that, that really bothered me was like, you, if we have to abide by these regulations, we need to, like, we're not going to be able to give le uh, loans as much we're not going to be able to extend credit. We're going to have to increase fees and things like that. Like, or you could just cut your fucking paycheck by a little bit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on, bro. Like, th that's a big part of the problem of why a lot of these companies are fucking ridiculous. Like these regulated companies. Why? How are you still able to get away with this? It's all those workers that that are okay with it, right? I mean that. It's the only thing I can, I can point my finger at. I just can't wait to pay more fees, for no fucking reason. I can't wait. It's my favorite. Oh, pe people buy things. <laughs> um, Jamie Dimon of uh, J.P. Morgan. He absolutely needs his fourth vacation house on the uh, French Riviera. James Gorman of Morgan Stanley. He wants to go to Mars, so someone's got to pay for it. Yeah, uh, I. Uh... 
there, there's ah, yeah. a lot of other banks, <laughs> uh, Citigroup, Bank of America. Uh, the, the, more I, sorry, the, the more I think about rich people, the more I just yeah, it's, it's... slam my head into my desk. <laughs> uh, they're arguing it from the point of consumer protection, but I don't think that's what it is. Uh, it, and the, those were, the regulations were proposed to curb risk, obviously, given what happened to um, Silicon Valley Bank. Uh, last thing for Congress, the budgeting situation is coming up again. The current, I think the current finance goes through January 19th. Yeah, January 19th. So, coming up. yeah, it's coming up pretty closely with a lot of holidays in the way. Uh, and they take like two weeks per one day holiday. So like we're never going to get anything done. Uh, Representative Mike Simpson out of Idaho said exactly that. Interesting thing here is, okay, so the there's throughout the articles that I've been reading, they talk about this point called the top line, uh, the top line number, which is basically the height, the, the ceiling of how much you want to uh, set the budget for. And there, the, the rumor mill is that um, all of like the, Mike Johnson, uh, Hakeem Jeffries, Schumer, and um, uh, Mitch McConnell are going to agree on somewhere in the neighborhood of $1.6 trillion, which the, the irony here is that's the number that uh, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, got with Biden. That was their deal back in May, and that's part of why they kicked him out was because of that. Um, yeah, so. Sorry, my, my dog's going to just keep barking anytime you say a Republican's name. <laughs> um, she's trained to just get real angry. So, yeah. She's anti. Might happen a couple more times. <laughs> oh, man. Right. Yeah. I, uh, it, it's why. Like, why did you kick out Kevin McCarthy, who actually seemed to be somewhat competent? I, I feel like this is the beginning like everyone always wonders like when is when's it all going to happen when is when's the empire going to like finally implode it just feels like we're like right there you it know? does like, doesn't it all the like the, the facade of 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 like us thinking the ruling class has their shit together is starting to slowly fade away and we're like wait a minute they're just as dumb as the rest of us. They just have more money. <laughs> so their mistakes are grander. Yeah. It's like... yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they kick him out and they're like, wait a minute. You you guys are showing everyone. Like you just You uh, don't know what the hell you're doing. You were just you just did it for the sake of doing it. Well, unless they're playing some kind of like 40 chest, some kind of faction that we aren't fully aware of. They're like, hey, we just gotta make everyone look think we're idiots <laughs> and then it'll all come together playing possum to establish gilead but yeah so that's coming up something to keep an eye on um it's it's weird like it's retroactive because the fiscal year began in october that's when the federal year starts and so they, they are they're retroactively paying for a few months or something or they have to consider what they've already spent i don't know but uh, yeah, actually, something that you mentioned about not the the ruling class, the politicians, like kind of a, it, it feels like we're on the cusp of things falling apart. 
And that's actually exactly what uh, what Biden said about his his campaign to to seek reelection. Oh, is wow. that if Trump wasn't running, I don't. I'm not sure I would be running. And like we can't let him win. And I don't think anyone doubts our democracy is at risk again. So he's saying, what I'm hearing is Biden. <laughs> Biden's like, hey, I know you guys all hate me. Yeah. And you know what? If I'm the only one that can do it, there's no one else in this entire country more qualified than me. Like, oh, okay. With the bona fides to do it, in addition, the resume, in addition to a little, like the being a known quantity. I, yeah, I, uh, I don't want to, oh man, he makes me so mad. (laughs) Uh, You know, I mean, Hey, he's got to pump himself up, right? There's the whole like base of, of you know, democratic, like liberals per se, uh, you know, whatever you want to call them, that think that he is exactly what he says he is, you know? So he's playing to his base, I think. Oh, the neo neoliberals? Yeah, yeah, pretty I, much. Yeah. I think that's the label anyway. Yeah. But this, uh, this little statement from him, I just I pieced together a couple of different quotes. Um, a lot of stuttering. <laughs> Not really, uh, but it reminds me of the at the end of the second Transformers movie, uh, Revenge of the Fallen, where Agent Simmons, Perra. I think is his name. Uh, he's. Uh, I, you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Sorry. Uh, it's fine. Uh, yeah, he's climbing up a mount, uh, up the pyramid. Why did I say mountain? But he's climbing oh, up. The... I have seen it because the pyramid is an alien spaceship, right? It's it's uh, covering or... a machine yeah. of some kind. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I know what you're talking about. And so he's climbing up, and he keeps saying, "Like, it's up to me, one man, destined to save his country," <laughs> talking himself up the entire pyramid. So yeah, that's uh, that's inspiring. Hard. That's Biden right now. Yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll cheer him on the whole way. Uh, but on the point of pandering to his base. So in December, on the 2nd, there was a, a there were a couple of different press conferences from uh, Muslim community leaders that have promised to do everything they can to in, uh, encourage their voters, to their people to not vote for Biden, their members. And vote for, and vote for who? Yeah, that's what a lot of people are wondering. Uh, well, so the the political climate in America right now, uh, I mean, I can't speak for everyone, and I don't, I can't look at every aspect of our society, but there's all there's a big conservative movement uh, in Islam in America, right? That are I mean, I've seen um, Republicans kind of changing their narratives in a way that kind of welcomes. The more conservative, uh, you know, the same people they've been, you know, shitting on for like forever, yeah. but now they're like, oh wait, we can get a, a pretty good percentage, you know, of that of that vote. Yeah, like Hispanic people, they're mm-hmm. they're winning that contingency really well. That's wild. Yeah. I, it doesn't make any sense, but yeah, there's so. more um, conservative uh, black politicians more and more every year or every election and yeah i think um the big part of the muslim movement though is specifically because of what's happening in palestine no yeah yeah uh, i mean not at all surprising that they're showing solidarity there 
So, but I mean, at the same time, if it was a conservative, they'd be doing the same thing Biden's doing. You know, it's not really. Yeah. Um. They get. Yeah, that's what. Uh, I, that's why I don't understand like what what the point of this is. Like you could continue saying that you don't that like we fucking hate you and uh this is terrible. Yeah, what well I don't see what's what's wrong with saying you're an idiot and I hate you but I'm still going to vote for you <laughs> because you know what it's better than that. But yeah, it sounds like they're saying like hey, we we don't like what you're doing and because of that we're going to vote for the other person. They leave it open, you know. They leave it very they specifically yeah. mentioned that um, because they're rejecting Biden, that does not mean that they're supporting Trump. Mm. That we don't that have could. two options. We have many options. Not so sure about that, but that's okay. Um, I don't know. I don't think Jill Stein is a good pick here. I mean, it, yeah, I don't know. It, that's going to be an interesting... Uh, I mean... Biden's for sure going to be the candidate, right? Yeah. The, his like primary no... opponents are Marianne Williamson and uh, Dean Phillips, a representative from Minnesota. Oh, man. That's, uh, yeah, I don't know. That doesn't sound great. <laughs> no, it doesn't. I mean, I, I listen to a lot of Marianne Williamson just because TikTok's got me on that hardcore. <laughs> She, um, I admit she's actually I like what she says like the the spirit of what she says the feeling of it just like man if, the, if only this was coming from somebody with experience in these matters in like the yeah. political aspect of it because yeah. this fluffy language isn't going to cut it in Washington I'm really sorry exactly I was and I, I, yeah I was going to say she says all those things that you know sound really nice but She's not out there promoting like things she's done policy. Like, or, yeah, I don't. I have no idea about anything she's ever done in her life other than what she says she's going to do. You know. Yeah. Maybe that's yeah. my fault. I haven't done you know research into that. But I didn't I've, either. But I gave her five bucks one time, and I got emails from her for like six months after hitting unsubscribe. I don't know how many times, but uh, even in there, there was no, there's no like agenda. No platforms. It's just uh, like soul of the nation kind of, yeah, kind of talk. Yeah. I mean, kind of like what Bernie did too, which is kind of. So there, these groups are organizing in a lot of swing states: uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, Arizona, Florida, Georgia, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Minnesota. That's uh, kind of spooky. I was at a at a fundraiser for one of the Arizona groups where not, they didn't announce it at that one, but that group of people is the same one. It's a CARE council of American Islamic mm. relations. Yeah, it was um, pretty, I would say it, it was pretty moving. Um, like hearing uh, Rashida Tlaib was there and she gave, oh. she gave the, like the, the speech or whatever, the key speech. And it was really nice to hear more about her and, but like her, I think it was her finance manager. Was a uh, she's a bit f overly emotional in what like in her delivery that I think mm. it, it kind of sh she let slip some things that like you maybe shouldn't say if it's uh, something going in public. Uh, Interesting. I th what it was it like the the hot t hot phrases or whatever? It's what like from the river to the sea. 
is one of them. Um, I think yeah. it's like seven to five years of occupation. I think that's another one. And she used that one a lot. Yeah, are, are we... Do we have that... Uh... That Zionism resolution the house is that on this bad boy? <laughs> yes, that's the one that I have at the end. Oh okay, my. we can we'll, we'll wait on that one. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I don't remember her name, but if you're listening, hit me up, home homegirl. Let's uh, let's hang out sometime. She's very good looking. Uh North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum ends his campaign. It's uh it's really unfortunate, a really strong powerful leading horse drops out man somebody that was actually on the name of everybody in the nation yeah maybe i, I can't say i know too much about the dude he nobody does that's, that's kind of the thing <laughs> like he's he was a, a non-entity pretty much the entire time and i've watched all like all of the debates and i yes i do hate myself that much but can you hear my dog? Yes. Oh, she keeps coming up. <laughs> she keeps booping. The, I don't know if you, I mean, you can, you can see her. Yeah, I see her doing it. It's fine. Just keep. Liz Cheney is considering running as a third party. Oh, what party? Um, It's going to be Green even, Party. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, it's going to be a conservative party, like a Republican alternative. Uh, yeah. Or it's going to be, I think, like that no labels shit that Joe Manchin's doing. Oh, yeah. It's like so, it, bipartisan tickets, like a, a Democrat and Republican on the same on the same uh, group or whatever. I I got a lot to say about, about third parties as much as I want them. It's a, a love-hate relationship. Yes. Uh, it's one of those things that went... It has to happen all at once. It has to be a, a sudden shift, not gradually getting into or having third parties. Well, I mean, the big thing for me, it's like I don't hear about third parties in any elections other than uh, House, Senate presidency that's it i don't like oh is there someone from a third party running for your local mayor no nothing and then i don't know so i feel like the the focus is a little off i just a guess from the few uh local politicians i've met is that they stick to the two-party paradigm because funding yeah like if you want oh yeah if yeah. you want funding from the higher from the bigger players then you got to be on the team um, fourth part, uh, fourth debate. It's happening like right now. Uh, DeSantis, Nikki Haley, uh, Chris Christie, and Ramaswamy. Those are your four. Oh man, I wish I wish you could pull it out live, do it like a live react. <laughs> hey. uh, they've been uh, cracking down on those pretty hard. I have. Oh, you I've been. In, I've been with groups that were doing them, and they they stopped. Oh dang. Um, Ace... That doesn't seem, sorry, that yeah. doesn't seem like a, like an okay thing to, you know, do. But uh, I think because it's uh, like corporate cable news. Yeah. I... Asa Hutchinson, he's still in the race, but he didn't qualify for this debate. And uh, 
Senator Doug Jones, uh, the guy that was picked up in a special election after, what the fuck was that guy's name? The pedophile, Roy something. Uh, from Alabama. But it's, uh, Doug Jones and other like Democrat Party um, figures are going to be holding like a rebuttal conference like they do for the State of the Union. Hmm. Okay. So I'd, I'll catch that, I guess. I'm sure it'll be interesting, probably. <laughs> I can't imagine the the Republicans will have a lot to say, you know. So hearing the rebuttal to nothing. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Trump is having a rally um, in Florida. I don't remember where I put that note, but he's having a rally, a fundraiser rebuttal. Um, uh, this one last I, uh, a couple more things, but this one is a bit of a personal favorite or I guess a pet pr- passion. It so section 702 of the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act is expiring at the end of the calendar year. <laughs> FBI director Christopher Ray is calling this a unilateral disarmament, quotes, uh, in the face of Chinese and Iranian cyber threats. <clears throat> Interesting. So 702 is what part of what allows warrantless uh, surveillance of American citizens. If there, if there's some, I'm, I'm using this with like the heaviest air quotes, some sort of like tangential relation to a foreign person that they're trying to observe. So that's, uh, it's basically when, like with the Patriot Act in particular, like when, once your, our fourth amendment was destroyed and nobody cared because security. Honestly, I'm surprised that they're, uh, you know, I, I always assume that there's just insane surveillance going on at all times. If it's not like our country, it's corporations, you know, that's yeah. the thing. Like they're, they're citing, you know, you know, Chinese and Iranian, Iranian threats, but uh, that's just the cover, right? That's just like the, Oh, the, it's like the scare tactic. Like, right. Oh, if, if we don't, if we're not allowed to spy on anyone anytime we want for as long as we want, you're all going to die because yeah. your neighbor that wears a turban sometimes he's uh, actually a uh, Persian and they're going to be funneling terrorist money through him. Yeah. That's it's, it's pretty ridiculous. The, yeah. Uh, spying or, or snooping surveillance. It uh, happens way more than people realize, especially on your phone. Well, like when people install an app, and just next, next, next through the permissions. Like a lot of the times you're giving the camera and microphone permission to play Candy Crush. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Okay. Uh, I watched this dude on YouTube. Uh, he's very anti, like, uh, uh, privacy conscious. Uh, oh yeah. He's very privacy conscious for sure. And his big thing is smart TVs. They have like, why do you need a TV that does anything other than turn on and show you what you want? Instead, we pack it with a computer and a microphone and now even like cameras and then have them on all the time. 
So, okay, yeah, can't hack your phone. Well, there's this smart TV that, uh, like, is designed in a way that is easy to hack into. So it's, I don't know, we're, we're just setting ourselves up for it. Yeah, um, that's always been a concern um, since Internet of Things uh, started becoming gaining more prominence like uh the most random shit that ha that's on wi-fi for whatever reason even if it is even if it's something useful like a camera maybe to watch your backyard or whatever mm -hmm. but like those devices being connected to the same network that you do your very personal and private transactions on it's not a good idea like you should have that segmented somehow if you can but our, our government doesn't want us to have good like electronic literacy right no definitely not kinda... so how does that uh how does that bill do it exactly like how or that act i mean what are uh, they so the way that um i don't know it doesn't mention who exactly does the intelligence gathering but uh section 702 in particular for the fbi gives them access to the repository uh, I think it's NSA that does the collection or it's the one where with that arrangement we have with five eyes where we spy on each other's citizens and then just give the data back pretty much that yeah. I, I think that's how it works. How, that's how they get around it anyway. Have you read Edward Snowden's book? No, I haven't read his book there. There's this one part of the book where he talks about, um, this like program that they would use to search people and it was basically like a google search where you could type in a person's name and have access to everything like literally from their name you're in their email you're in their phone looking through any camera um and he talked about uh, i think his example was most of the guys that use this program would just uh, use it to look up exes so i mean we've had we've been doing this stuff for a hot minute you yeah know? definitely I think it's called Prism. I yeah, it's it sounds Prism. familiar. But yeah, uh, that that type of usage. Uh, when I was when I worked IT for municipal government, uh, we we have to take like a training course on. Uh, it's called CJIS, CJIS, mm. uh, Criminal Justice Information Systems. It's like a set of rules, basically, of how how you access data that's hosted on or has information like criminal information or i don't think it's just that but i it might also have like driver's license info or and things like that but it's like how the requirements to access that how you like how do you establish need to know um how do you get permission to do so to use it and one of the things was personal inquiries it was not it was a finable offense if you get caught doing it and then and it was a pretty steep you know for like a, a government worker and the second time was jail time if you got caught trying to access someone's personal information for personal reasons and here are these guys you know looking up whoever the fuck they want finding whatever information they want jeez and that that's obscene that man so that's why I, I don't want to. Maybe we don't need. We don't need to talk about law enforcement. That's just going whole other, whole other thing. Uh, yeah. Over the last uh, few weeks, I've been um, 
I've been going through some law enforcement stuff and I end up going on like tirades 20 minutes for no on one thing. Yeah, I uh, that's one of the reasons why I've had to really cut back on um, media consumption is the algorithm knows I love uh, uh, body cam. Oh, and like, yeah. uh, uh, what, what are they called? Uh, um, uh, constitution, constitutional audits or something like that, or freedom audits. I think there's a bunch of where they go and they, they check the cops to see if, the, Oh, uh, nice. Um, they'll like go take pictures of, uh, of like the buildings they work at and like, Oh, the cops will come out. You got to leave, you know? Uh, you should check them out. There's a lot of you'll go down a rabbit hole, but um, if you t- they're pretty so, fun. So wait, like you take a picture from well, a public street of a publicly yeah, yeah. owned fucking building of a publicly owned building. The cops will come out and be like, "You got to leave," and they're like, "No, like I can no, be here." No, I don't. They'll, they'll get arrested, and like literally, it's become like a way where people make money. They'll get they'll do it because they know the cops are going to arrest them on charges that they can't like because they're on public uh you know land they can't get trouble um and then they'll just get payouts from the cities <laughs> and they'll just make money off of it oh. off of cops being dumb and then they just let the cops keep working another, another fun one is they'll go in and they'll ask like hey can i have a form so i could submit a, a complaint on one of your officers and the, off the people there will be like well who why don't you just verbally tell me the complaint they're like oh what's your name like no just give me the form and uh, now there's so many videos of people just getting arrested for no and, reason and, and probing the cops for yeah. what is supposed it's, to be publicly accessible stuff. Exactly. Yeah. Huh. But it's the, it's the society we live in. What, what are we doing in America? <laughs> I need. that's what we need to do on this more. We need to well, start scaring people. <laughs> just yeah. Kidding. I was uh, thinking of when I was first trying to put together how I wanted to do this, I was thinking of maybe having, a segment like that just the most off the wall shit that sounds like it would be on like alex jones or something oh that's a, that's a great idea um so once again found myself the, the worst person you know made a great point back in may jim jordan called for a full accounting of the approximately 3.4 million people that were queried by the fbi what does that even mean I like, like why did why did you do this? I want to like give me a reason for all three point four million of them. I will wait. I yeah, you got me. Uh, right, I think that three point four million people totaled something like thirty five million queries total, or something. I don't know. I don't. These remember. are. These are people that the FBI is like checking out. Yes, yeah, that was um, something that uh, that uh, Jim uh, Jordan also wanted. Is like, well, okay, so you did this. You gave me a reason why you did this. What came of it? Are you are you actually completing something because of the information that you got? Or does he just want to know which of his homies are getting <laughs> tailed by the FBI? That sounds like the most logical thing, right? If any of the people who uh, spoke out against him for his uh, covering up. The sexual assault. No, all right. <laughs> uh, so that, that's the space where we <laughs> insert the air horns. <laughs> Just... I'll yeah, I'll drop them in. Um, 
So we'll go over this more on the on the uh, worldwide one. But uh, COP28, I don't know at what stage it's at, but it started and is, I think, currently underway still. I've, I've heard one thing about COP28 so far. Uh, I, I don't even know the full details, but the person that is heading COP28 uh, is a, a president of a, a country or a corporation. A publicly owned company, an uh, oil and gas company. Oil, oil in, and gas company. In, uh, I think, United Arab Emirates, where it's being hosted. I, I was, I forget where I saw it, but um, they were talking about how the guy's just going to use it to conduct business deals. <laughs> He's just conducting business deals for um, the company he works for. And what I've been what reading, he, not necessarily about him, but what's been happening uh, which I'll get I'll, I'll get more detail when we record the worldwide one. But he was he's actually been pretty progressive in trying to end fossil fuel usage, or at least bring it to a bare minimum. All right. So after hearing some of what has come out of COP28, uh, yeah, I was definitely wrong about this. Um, this guy is a he's a fucking lunatic. To the surprise of no one but me, apparently. Uh, all right, so what has come from COP28 as it pertains to the U.S.? Um, one, I think that this was pretty cool, and I, it also made me wonder why this wasn't thought up sooner. But the governor of New Mexico, Michelle Grisham, um, she is creating a program that is going to be like the strategic petroleum reserve, but it's for reclaimed water that has been used dirtied by industrial use um her particular examples were like fossil fuel like drilling and things like that but having it cleaned up somehow i'm not i didn't read the particulars but cleaning it up and reusing that for uh for what for more drilling <laughs> i think that might be one of the uses but another one is like clean energy products and I don't under I didn't understand what that means. What clean energy products need water for, like cooling or cleaning or something? Yeah, and why does it have to be like recycled water? I think recycled not- because there's already a water shortage, or per- like the shortfall is getting bigger every year. Huh. Well, man. Gotta gotta love the news. <laughs> yeah. So she, I, the stats were in 2022. There were two billion barrels of uh, dirty water created in New Mexico. 1.2 billion were reclaimed, and the water was reused. Where is this being stored? Do we yeah. just have like a warehouse full of dirty water. <laughs> uh, I don't know how dirty it will be. I think it just might not be fit for consuming. Hmm. But it might be good to, like, maybe you could leave it in a quarry or something. I don't know. I'll keep, uh, but I want to keep watching this because this actually sounds, uh. Yeah, I, I'm very interested. It's very clever. And, but at the same time, like, why, why have we not always been doing this? Yeah, I mean, it's, it smells weird, though. It smells a little like, it smells a little greenwashy somehow. Like, I, I can't quite put my finger on it. 
Oh, the the water from drilling. We're gonna recycle it and reuse it. Yeah, it's gonna be great. <laughs> oh man. So that's the uh, strategic water reserve. Um, I think she's planning to. She has five hundred million dollars that she has ready to buy reclaimed water from whoever. So what? Hold on. So, <laughs> so we corporations we've got all this dirty water what are we going to do with it what if we got politicians to use taxpayer money to buy it from us <laughs> so that they could spend their taxpayer money on cleaning it too no they had it she, like her proposal was only buying it post cleanup ah uh, i see okay. so like you have all to right. clean it and then i will buy it from you okay since you can't um, use I, it for anything else i just came full circle yeah okay uh, i got it that actually was an angle that I hadn't considered, though, is uh, we'll milk the rubes for more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just assumed that. The um, There's a nuclear technology plan being rolled out by uh, he. the announcement, I at least, came from uh, John Kerry. He has been the the U.S. envoy for climate stuff for a while now. It's pretty surprising he's... how much he gets into, given how old he is. Yeah. Should run for president. He's so, old. <laughs> uh, so the, it's... Why did I write fusion? It's nu- it is fusion. It's, uh, we currently really? do fission, but it's plans for nuclear fusion technology. Isn't that fake, though? Or is, no. it, or is, is it just cold fusion that's fake? Cold fusion is fake. Okay. Um, or... Unless you ask the right scientists and they're like, no, just give me like 10 years. It's theoretical. Uh, yeah. I, I suppose it could be done at some point. So 35 nations are signed on to finance the research and the development. And uh, he made a key point of talking about like safety and public regulations. Since it's going to be basically unlimited energy. So you, like we can't. There's only so much like you can charge people for it before you're just stealing at that point. Yeah. I mean, maybe this will be, be the beginning of a, a, a revolution in free energy where no one has to pay to live ever again. <laughs> uh, one of the other hurdles that he brought up is that uh, fission, or fusion, excuse me, as a technology is cost ineffective. And it's because partly because it's really young or new. Um, in August, there was a test. There's a U.S. Uh, federal lab, research lab in California. The net output was 0.5% gained All right. based on energy used. That doesn't sound great. No, <laughs> that's uh, using the laser method. Um, the other one is magnets. It's it's lasers being used to light the fuel source, to heat up the fuel source. Yeah. Okay. To cause the fusion. Or, yeah. Um, but one thing is one thing that could be like maybe a good thing is the supply chain needed to build the plants. Uh, the supply part, the supply to supply the parts, you need the production plants for that, and then delivering stuff, around, like uh, deploying it around. And uh, also retrofitting older uh, power plants to host uh, nuclear fusion as well. 
mean, sounds like a win. One can hope. Good old, good old John Kerry. Thanks, bud. Skull and bones do it again. <laughs> uh, one last thing before we get to that house resolution. Uh, there's a woman named Kate Cox in Texas. She filed for, she's filing a petition for the court to, she's suing the attorney general of Texas for permission to get an abortion. She is currently 20 weeks pregnant. The fetus is not viable. Um, the, it has a genetic abnormality that's called like trisomy 18 or trisomy, something like that. And uh, if she continues with the pregnancy, it is more likely than not that she's going to die. Jeez. Yeah. Um, so her doctor, who is also part, she's also suing the AG, is uh, like the, the, the baby's going to be alive for a few days at best. That's like best case scenario. It's going to be an agonizing couple of days. And uh, the only way that right now the doctors, that her doctor can care for her is the fetus must die or she has to give birth to it. It is well, extremely fucked up. That is. <laughs> that is horrible. Um, I don't, I'm not sure where where's what is the defensible part of this where's the where's the pro-life here oh man a doctor wants to take she for a doctor to care for her patient she would be condemning herself to like life in prison if not death penalty probably given how uh, zealous those people are but you know (laughs) if, if i were republican you know i'd probably say something along the lines of you know, she can always fly uh, to some country in Central or South America and, and get her abortion there. Yeah, that's what I did with my secretary. <laughs> I just, <laughs> exactly. I just sent her over there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think this was one of those. Um, some, I don't know who it was, but it was a California-based medical company or medical practice that was going to do like floating barges. Oh, that could, that could work, right? Uh, yeah, like you would be in international waters, so yeah, nothing well, anybody I wonder, can do. I wonder, is there a legal defense fund or like a legal fund for... <laughs> the uh, floating barge abortion fund? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> when you word it like the, that. <laughs> for the lady, yeah, but that's definitely what they should call it. <laughs> I don't know if she has um, like a... I mean, I personal funds i'd imagine there's going to be so many organizations that are like we will i mean take this on or give money you know that's like winning that would be you know that 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 would make news all over so yeah like this is exactly what the what like these pro-life people maybe they i don't know i don't think that they intended for situations like this this wasn't what they had in mind. Like they were probably just thinking of those poor babies. Like some sixteen-year-old uh, girl gets knocked up and she has to terminate because she's sixteen, and then that's not fair to the baby. Yeah, well, here's this woman who's a mother of two, and uh, she's gonna die. <laughs> yeah, it's jeez. Well, um, hopefully it goes well. Um, I guess we'll see. I think New Mexico is still legal 
but I mean, like, for Texas, that's still a long-ass trip. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep up on this one because uh, I what dropped off one that dropped off the map that was kind of cheeky but in the same vein is a, a woman was driving in the HOV lane in Texas and got pulled over and like oh well you're driving by yourself and then she pointed at her very pregnant stomach and said no I'm not that's a person according to all of you this is a person I have two people in this car it it makes sense <laughs> it does. Uh, man, if, but if life, the baby's life begins at conception, like they're trying to get to, then, so if, if a woman is, if a politician impregnates a woman, could she just start claiming, uh, uh, child support on day one, the day they bang, like, all right, child support, hand it over. Or yeah, I'll tell your just... wife, which one do you want? <laughs> I feel like a lot of the the narrative coming from pro life uh, uh, individuals, it's not always logical, <laughs> you know. It's a lot of, and it's kind of. I think it's designed in a way that you can you can. It's from their perspective, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of people probably aren't as up to date as they should be on like actual scientific fact, and uh, you know obviously there's the problem of uh, uh, the manipulation of what is fact in, in the first place. But um, I don't know where I'm going with this. But I mean, well, you're right though. Like from the per from you can see their line of thinking. What their I don't want to say rationale because there's no there's not very rational what they're thinking but you can see what their line of thinking is and why they would arrive at the conclusions they do. Yeah. But it's... I think the problem is we can do that. Yes. You know, from our side, but they don't look at our perspective and think like, why is their argument logical to them? You yeah. Know? That's the, it's always the kicker, especially with conversations I have with people like that. They, uh, I, the whole time is just me like, Oh, addressing things that I, can see from their perspective and then they're just completely oblivious <laughs> yeah that's a that's the one time i've ever i've ever had a, a conversation about uh reproductive rights in particular <clears throat> with a conservative person i was even like yeah me personally on a very personal level just me myself i don't really agree with terminating pregnancies if there's no medical necessity to do so but and that, that's where I lost them was, but that's not my, none of my fucking business. Absolutely none of my business. Uh, if it's like my wife doing that, we would have talked about it already. So yeah. even still like, man, you leave him alone, man. Like fucking <laughs> yeah. leave him alone. Why, why do people care so much? You wouldn't. You would not want this happening to you. Something I said. I, I want to say is like two weeks ago. Is okay. So we're for the sake of pro life, we're setting the precedent that your medical decisions can be mandated by the state for the sake of pro life. Okay. So next time pandemic rolls around, you're getting the vaccine. I don't want to fucking hear it otherwise. It's pro life. We're protecting human life. We're protecting children. We're protecting the innocent. Get the vaccine, that, or you're going to be fucking executed. 
and then the the next word is always but you know like uh, you gotta get that vaccine to help children but but yeah that's the uh, lapse lapse in logic of pro-life um last thing before we get out of here the motherfucking house resolution um i didn't read the whole thing i admit however i do have it passed 311 votes yes 14 votes no only one republican did not vote yes i did not see if it was a no or if it was a present 92 democrats voted present 95 democrats voted yes uh, one thing from two prominent speakers on this one is Representative Gerald Nadler out of uh, New York 12, um, he, who is a, he's one of like the oldest or longest serving one of the two uh, Jewish members of the House. Uh, under okay. this resolution, those who love Israel deeply but criticize some of its policy approaches could be considered anti-Zionist. And the resolution could make every Democratic Jewish member of this body, because they all criticize recent Israeli judicial reforms, de facto anti-Semites. Might that be the author's intention? Boom. <laughs> Mic drop. Damn. Yeah, that is it's pretty badass. <laughs> That's what it... Once I saw, like, House Resolution uh, condemning... Or equating anti-Zionism with uh, anti-Semitism... And I was like, "Yep, there. This is a this is a brilliant fucking move from the Republican it, Party here." It it reminds me very much of the also recent resolution to uh, condemn the evils of, or the horrors of socialism. I don't know if you remember that one. No. Yeah, it was like uh, basically just saying like officially socialism is the worst ever, and everything bad that's ever happened in the world is socialism, and we should oppose socialism at all costs <laughs> I, I'm, that's probably not exact wording but that's probably pretty close and you know everyone voted for it so it's, yeah. it's not like that doesn't make any sense at all but you know same with this it doesn't make any sense and throw out the old standby of uh the nazis were socialists so everyone yeah favorite. yeah I, they were, <laughs> don't even get me started. Um, the last thing from the author, um, David Kostoff, he's out of Tennessee 8, is we have seen members of this very body repeat blatantly anti-Semitic rhetoric and spread lies about Israel and her right to exist. Let me be absolutely clear. Such hate has no place in the halls of Congress, nor in our national discourse. It's that's you know really rich coming from a MAGA guy. Is is there anyone actually saying that Israel shouldn't exist? Like that official policy going forward should be that Israel no longer exists? Um, there there's... are some number of countries in the UN that don't recognize Israel as a sovereign state. Interesting, because I I've been thinking lately. Obviously. I understand the situation and uh, I've picked my sides, you know, I'm not a big fan of Israel, um, but where are you going to, where's everyone going to go? Right. Like if you're like, it doesn't 
seem like a, a good argument to make from that from that standpoint. Sorry, I was just th- <laughs> trying to think of <laughs> trying to think of a good uh, a good analogy, right? So, uh, so like if someone were to say um, everyone in America needs to go back to Europe, like all the white people need to go back to Europe, right? Um, while you know what that kind of, it makes sense in a lot of ways, like that we're we've colonized this entire yeah. land. Irish, um, Italians. We're, we're, yeah, we're we're occupying, you know, the territories of indigenous people. Um, we shouldn't be here. But at the same time, I can't, what am I going to do? Where, how, how can I go live in Europe? You know, um, I've lived in Kansas my entire life, <laughs> so I can't really leave. So from that perspective, uh, the only uh, logical choice would be coexistence, right? You have to uh, design your society society in a way that everyone can live right next to each other and be okay with it. And for me, that's the thing with Israel-Palestine. How are you going to um, shepherd that situation in, in a direction where everyone is peacefully coexisting and okay with being neighbors? But of course we see, I mean, they're in like the height of their colonization where they're literally just, you know, bombing people and moving them out of their houses and doing all these horrible things. Um, I, I don't know. It just seems like you see where I'm coming from on that. Yeah. That's uh, something I've considered as well um, is where does one or the other go uh, as it's playing out more than likely. If anyone's going to have to leave, it's going to be the Palestinians. Unfortunately, yeah. uh, I don't know if I've, mentioned this when you've been on but i have i know i've mentioned it before here it was of completely coincidental situation in um 2017 i was in las vegas it was my birthday went to watch a, a big fight that was going on with some friends so we watched a fight um get ready to you know go out do what do what you do in Vegas, had some stuff, had some drinks and all the rest of it. And we get into an Uber to get back to the hotel. And where I sit up front and the two guys are in the back, the other two are in the back. And the, we're talking to the driver a little bit as one tends to do when you're a little buzzy. But so we kind of pick up on an accent a little bit. And then a friend of mine, he's Australian. He said, Oh shit. Well, where, you know, where did you uh, just come from? He said, I recently moved from Israel. And ever the Joker, my friend, like, he's like, oh, really? That's that's interesting, because uh, sitting there next to you, that's Leo. He's Palestinian and opposes any two-state solution. <laughs> and, I was like, and I was oh, my God. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> he's going to fucking kill me, man. <laughs> and uh, so after a little bit of, it's like, huffing and puffing, like, oh, fuck, no, I'm not. No, no, no. He's messing with you. I'm serious. No. He's messing with you. I'm like, well, it doesn't matter either way. I would oppose two-state solutions as well, but not for the reasons that you might think. Uh, I firmly, and I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, I firmly believe that we, Palestinians, Arabs, Muslims, Jews, Israelis, whatever terms you want to use, can and should live together in harmony as neighbors, peacefully. There's no reason we can't do that. The the only there's no real real reason why we can't do that. What is keeping us from doing that is government powers. 
mm-hmm. that want us to not not harmonize or not live together as as neighbors. We we don't have to be like bosom buddies, but we can still live next door to each other and not have a problem. I mean, yeah, seems pretty well put. Yeah, that's a. Uh, seems like the rest of the the car ride went pretty well after that. <laughs> yeah, it definitely definitely a lot of relief there. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, but like that has that interaction. I know, yeah, it's just one guy that recently moved away from Israel, but that like shaped my entire worldview on the whole situation. Like, fuck, he's absolutely right. There's no reason whatsoever that they cannot. Another quote from a, it's a, a parents group who've lost children in the conflict at any point. A Palestinian man and an Israeli man founded it together. Uh, they're like one of their mottos or slogans is either we're, we're going to share the Holy land together or we're going to share the, the graves underneath. Jeez. That's powerful. It is. He's absolutely right. Goodness. Um, this equating anti-Zionism with anti-Semitism is exactly what homeboy in the Uber. That's what he's fucking talking about is like that's one of the government one of the moves to keep us at each other's throats about this topic yeah it's uh it's pretty clear propaganda like right zionism um as it's a, the the soft way the watered down way the whitewashed way it's explained to me is just israel having a right to exist in its ancestral home sounds pretty nice except that the way it has been enacted has been uh, ethnic cleansing of the land so that only Israelis will inhabit the area. And I, I cannot abide that. I simply can't. It's, uh... I, I've got... I know at the... You know, we talk about all this horrible stuff going on over there, and every time anything comes out of someone making a decision it's always usually a bad decision but i do kind of have a good feeling um you know seeing how many people have uh you know risen up and organized and and created different groups and has really challenged the different um you know factions that are are very pro-israel um you know pushing against them it really seems like we're headed in a good direction i agree with you completely um especially with like just i mean as bad as it is the videos of literally everything that's happening you know we see firsthand you know and uh, another fun thing to google is uh debunking videos of them debunking uh israeli uh propaganda where they'll like walk through like the israeli uh idf they'll walk through a thing um and they'll pause the video like oh you see this like box uh, you know, like it's it's not supposed to be there and like gives all these reasons and stuff like that. But uh, it, it's cool seeing everyone come together, um, which it, it seems like there's a lot more people coming together for the right reasons than for the wrong reasons. I don't know if you get that. I do. I absolutely agree. Um, it's people even like I'd, I'm not trying to be like, oh, well, I have a black friend. Like a f- The few Jewish <laughs> friends that I do have, they're very strongly anti-zionism especially after this after what they've been seeing happen like fuck like that that's what we're doing absolutely not 
Like I want I want Israelis to live there as much as anyone else, but not like this. This is yeah, this yeah. isn't how you do it. Yeah. Yeah. The I think a part of it has been uh, people coming together. I think the advent of technology, like it's not like the seventies or the eighties, where all we can do is listen to the nightly news who tells us that uh, oh today the Palestinians bombed Israel when it may not have been actually that way. And today, you know, there was a just one example. I saw a tweet from some official um, Israeli government account. It wasn't a blue check. It was a uh, one of the other ones. I think gold is the the new a, new blue one. You got to pay like fifty dollars for that one. <laughs> I, I think you have to uh, like establish some kind of credibility with them first, like you did with blue checks before. But it was a some kind of official account. At least I it seems it was official anyway. Um, that had a door. And they, it had Arabic writing on it, and they posted a picture of it saying this is like a Hamas terror schedule. And then uh, some somebody's like, I speak Arabic. That's a fucking calendar. It just <laughs> says the days of the week. All it says is the days of the week. There's nothing else on it. And that's like you can't you can't fake that shit anymore. You can't. Yeah, it's 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 almost like it's, it's laughable, like. The quality of attempts that you're making at this propaganda—it's like, come you, on. you posted the days of the week. A fucking five-year-old could tell you that—that that it's not. <laughs> and I would absolutely believe a five-year-old, you know, who had no no other prompt. Like, hey, what do you? What does this say? Like, oh, that says Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Excellent. Thank you. <laughs> the chair at the UN rests. <laughs> Oh man, um, David Kustoff. I, I, honestly, this was a very brilliant play. Fractured the Democrat Party on the public stage. Did, did you see? Uh, I, I don't know where I. I don't know. I was just scrolling um, and came across uh, a live feed of. Uh, I think they were House reps um, grilling. Um, like college presidents. Do you know anything about that? No. So I'll have to find out exactly why they were having this hearing. Um, they were talking to these college presidents. Um, Anti-Semitic about, movements or whatever. Ex- about how the colleges, all the colleges in America are like, just having brought, they just have rising anti-Semitism everywhere. There's just like every, every college is, you know, they're like yeah. going every time the, the college uh, presidents try and talk, they're like, they just get cut off by this, you know, Senator or this rep, whoever it was, um, you know, just spouting dumb stuff. <laughs> and it's like, so you're saying that these people holding uh, uh, rallies uh, that's pro Palestine is a sharp rise in anti-Semitism across the colleges in our country. Like, no, you're, you're just using this bill uh, to make it seem like that, to scare people uh, into voting for you. So you can, you know, crack down on education because it's like one of the few remaining things, teaching people to not put up with the, uh, the fuckery of, of these politicians. Liberal indoctrin indoctrination centers. Like, man, it's not, 
it's it's strange how yeah. like factual information just skews liberal. It just kind of does because liberals maybe base their viewpoints on facts. My my social problems textbook uh, says that there isn't a hundred percent consensus on climate change. Like I I was like astonished. Well, I was like, isn't it like ninety seven percent? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but the the way the book was telling me, would you it was frame like, it that way? Yeah, exactly. It was like, yeah, it's. Uh, if anything, it's getting dumber. <laughs> it's getting like not. It's, it's lo going lower. It, um, yeah. Yeah, well, nine out of ten dentists agree. So, the, actually, uh, not all dentists think that this toothpaste is good. So, don't use it. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. Good timing. All right, let's get this wrapped up. Hmm. Uh, network plugs. What do I got here? Um, other shows on Lux Media. If you like MMA. If you like boxing, Ultimate Fucking Casual, B-Sides Boxing, respectively. We will be recording the worldwide edition of Progressive Patriots tomorrow, uh, which I forgot to say at the, up top. It's uh, December 5th, tw about 2011, uh, Arizona time. So probably things are different by now. Uh, Palestine and Israel made peace, hopefully. Uh, oh, a new one. Oh, we're we're getting a video game show in the works, so that'll be fun. Might be uh, that'll be coming up, I think, next year. Uh, internet stuff, interacting with social media posts, really it helps. It helps to highlight or get, uh, give more visibility to the social media stuff, which indirectly helps the shows. But if you rate and review on wherever you're listening, that's the preferred way that helps the most. Uh, the socials are LVX Media Net on everything. If you can't find me, I'm not on it. Uh, contact options. If you go to progressivepatriots.us, there is a phone number if you want to text or call. It's anonymous and unattended. I don't answer my own phone when strange numbers call. So there you go. Um, mm -mm. If you would like to get involved, you can go to lbx.at slash cdef that's for the group common defense if you're in arizona there's a group called the vets forward lbx.at slash vfwd all right bryson parting words anything to plug thank you everyone for listening uh, just keep on keeping on stay motivated oh shit i forgot <laughs> i have one more thing I got to mention real quick uh, on Friday, it's unfortunately not going to be broadcasted anywhere. I found out, but I, uh, I am going to be in the press section for a boxing event this weekend. So that's kind of fun. It's uh, Mickey Scala. Look him up. He's awesome. And was that it? Oh yes. Uh, this Saturday, uh, go Navy beat army. <laughs> that's we'll, we'll see <laughs> <laughs> that's really it all right uh thank you thank you thank you thank you for listening to the progressive patriots